Oh, hi. Welcome to Conversation Piece, a podcast where me, Dave Melillo, has conversations with other people about cool stuff. And on this week's episode of the podcast, I have Evan Rudenjack, who is a musician and producer from Jackson, New Jersey. Evan has a very holistic approach to writing and recording and producing music. It's a little bit different than the way I, I approach things, but in that way, it was very enlightening. Uh, we we talked about music a lot. We geeked out a bit. Um, where we do have some commonalities is our analytical approach to listening to music and kind of breaking down all the different pieces and what makes it listenable and things like that. So, you know, from that perspective, I think you'll you'll really enjoy some of the synchronicities. Uh, the conversation quickly either evolved or devolved, depending on your perspective. But I had a really good time in the conversation, and so hopefully you'll have a good time listening to it. Without further ado, here's Evan Rudenjack. something sound good relatively in tune yeah that's the only problem with that is because i do a lot of um like i only have like my little box here so yeah. i have to i can't do everything live right right so yeah if something's like that out of tune i basically it just has to be me and the piano because if i try to play anything else with it it's gonna fucking sound terrible i gotcha i gotcha yeah and you sound good i'm sorry i don't have another set of cans i just I don't, don't worry about it. Okay. Oh, I don't I don't need to hear my own voice. That's right. fine. Well, you know what? I, do you listen to podcasts at all? Like, I do, like, yeah. I'm a huge Joe Rogan fan. Okay. And he was just the Joe talk- Rogan experience? Dude, it's fucking great. I saw yeah. him on in Brooklyn on uh, on Friday night. He, was fu- he fucking killed it. Wow. But he was talking about how, um, you know, when two people have headphones on, it's like you're more in the conversation, you know, mm-hmm. but... Uh, I don't know, because I watch... Um, uh, I don't know if you know the H3 podcast with Ethan Klein, H- H3, H3 Productions from no. YouTube. They have a podcast, um, and it's basically just a round table, not a ra- like it's just a table podcast. They're not they're not wearing headphones or anything. Oh, so it's yeah, they're just yeah. talking to each other. No, yeah, and and just by all means, yeah, I I actually think I'm a little more deterred from saying anything if I hear my voice like amplified. You know what I mean? And it's real. Yeah. 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 No, that, that's... <laughs> I, sometimes I just realize my... Like, I start getting really quiet because I, like, look at the levels over here. I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm peaking. Yeah. I have to, like... And then yeah. everyone's like, what did you just say? Dude, I, yeah. I, what, a couple weeks ago, I took this whole setup to New York. And mm-hmm. I went, like, around to just a bunch of friends that I had there. Yeah. And it was fucking crazy. Like, it all yeah. sounds nuts, but... I, with the podcast stuff, I'm also like a really fan of like that realness that we were talking about. Even like shit that you just record on your phone. Yeah. Like because sure. you know you're missing realness from music and stuff in general. But mm-hmm. I got Evan. Evan, how do you say your last name? Rudin Jack. Rudin Jack. Okay, that's yeah. not so bad. Yeah. R U D E N J A K. Yeah. And so, like, just to get it all out of the way, you do have a band and like like a form of artistry, and you record mm-hmm. and you do all sorts of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to level set with that? I mean. Yeah, I mean, um, so like I have three different bands. I'm in three different groups right now. Damn. Um, uh, one is called Acqui, A-C-Q-U-I. Um, I play rhythm guitar and backing vocals. Um, another is called Elephant, 
with two L's and an F, and we wanted it to not have the two L's, but there was another one with the one L and an F. So it was it was super annoying. But either way, um, I played drums in that group, um, and then I'm in a band called Yellowbird. Okay. Um, and I am also playing guitar in that group and backing vocals. So. Nice. Um, but uh, but in that whole circle of groups, I do production for all of them. Cool. So, so that's and that's that's where my main passion lies. Is, As like a sound is, engineer, quote unquote. Or what would you call? It? Is it more like artistic production? Is it more technical, or is it like a kind it's of? A, it's a blend of both. Blend of sure. both. Yeah, you can't really you can't really optimize on your artistic production if you don't have technical skill behind it. Well put. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Because yeah, you can't just yell at the Pro Tools engineer to <laughs> make that louder now. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I don't know. I think I think there's a responsibility with an artist to not know the terms but to know how to convey what they want to an engineer yeah you know and because I, I don't i i i don't i don't ever dwell on someone saying like saying like oh if you're an artist you should know these technical terms in the studio because i think that's kind of dumb <laughs> yeah and you'd shrink your artist pool to like next to nothing at that point right like you know you would never get cardi b you know <laughs> <laughs> well i yeah because like because because like um you want to keep the control that you want to, you want the artists to to keep their kind of control you know and their mojo to, sure and they're yeah so like so like if you if you give them kind of any kind of like restrictions or or uh or like conditions it's an automatic kind of like wait why like why i'm just trying to make this music you know yeah and it throws them out of their box a little bit i would imagine because yeah. a lot of, um, I, I was talking to someone about, to Colton, you know, Colton Kaiser. Yeah. yeah. I was talking to him about it and he's like, he's very, um, he's very well schooled. I feel like in music theory, like he was talking to me about all sorts of shit that I didn't know. And, uh, we got into this conversation about how I feel like some musicians just feel like it's magic and yeah. you pull like ideas out of the ether. And then when you break it down into technical terms, whether that be by musical theory or like technically in recording it almost takes some of the like the sparkle out of it for some people yeah. i know i felt like that when i was younger maybe a little bit you know what i mean yeah well i mean coming from a music theory nerd myself yeah you know um and i and i in songwriting classes where i teach where i teach songwriting it's definitely i definitely kind of try to preach that however at the end of the lesson i will always say but you don't have to know any of this to write a song it's the like, caveat. Like you literally have to know none of it. The only thing you have to know is does this sound good? Yes or no. And that's it. You have a song. It's pretty binary uh, yeah. when it comes down to it. it yeah. Yeah. Again, I, I think it's just like as a, like a creative mind, I think a lot of people get into music because it is, there's no rules and it's liberating. Mm -hmm. And dude, if you look at like, do you know who Lil B is? Yeah. The bass god. The bass god. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you, so, okay, this is good. This is great to level set. Cause I like discovered Lil B on Friday and I'm still not sure what it is. Like, I'm not sure if he's like, if it's like mocking himself or if it's serious or if it's a little bit of both and that's why it's cool. So, so do you have a translation of Lil B for it's me? It's like the precursor to, um, the melding of music and memes. You know, like internet meme culture is huge. Yeah. You know, and I barely even scraped the, the iceberg of it yeah you know so um little b little b um man he's hilarious i love i love it i i remember watching and watching some videos of him in in college um like 2012 and he goes that far back 
He'd like further back than that, yeah. Oh wow, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, and um, and he has, you know, he has these songs, uh, Ellen DeGeneres. Dude, Ellen DeGeneres. Sweat. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like, that's kind of a joke, right? Like, um, yes and no, I think. Okay. You know, I think for, I think in the grand scope, it he's doing it for the memes, for the laugh. Yeah. Um, but I think there is kind of a message there. Okay. You know, I think it's it uh, not to take your music too seriously, probably. I think that's probably what he's trying to say about it. Yeah. And, and you know, it's funny that like, uh, like that storyline, do you know Poppy as well? Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm Poppy. I, I'm, I'm Poppy. I'm Poppy. I am Poppy. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's yeah. the same type of th- like, there's like this whole like satire around it. Mm-hmm. And it's like way more than just the music. It's like this whole story and persona and like. It's weird. Like it's I guess it's actually leveraging all of the different like ways that you can create video like like just socially like the social interaction. I don't know, it's weird and that's why I feel I'm old cuz I can't quantify it. Mm-hmm. But like Lil B and Poppy I feel like are the same thing. Almost. Like, it's just, it's the same realm, yeah, yeah, the same category. Yeah. Of like of like don't take your music too seriously but still make music. Yeah. And and you can get people to laugh but also take your message seriously at the same time. It's like, it's possible to do. I, I think that's kind of what, yeah, what they're trying to convey, I would I would think, you know? Yeah, well, because it's more of like music as an art form mm-hmm. because like it used to be like you're a band, you go on tour, like you play live, that's your mm-hmm. deal. You release a record every, what, nine months, every year or two, or like mm-hmm. if you're Fleetwood Mac every 17 years, right? <laughs> but like now, like with the way that, con- like, it has to be like a 24 hour news cycle and shit like that. I feel like this is how music has changed. It's not just like you release your album and you tour. It's you have this whole like, I I keep saying storyline because that's the only thing I could ever put my finger on, but Mm. it's just like a, an experience. It's like the Lil B experience. It's the poppy experience. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just something. Uh, I, I'm I'm kind of a nerd, like in a bad way, because I'm not too smart. But like, there's these there's this concept of alternate reality games. Have you ever heard of this stuff? Yeah, Args. sure. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, and I feel like they're kind of like music args, because yeah. like you're interfacing with the music, but like through so many different channels and ways, more than just like putting a record on now. You know? Yeah. Well, it's a di- it's 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 branching out to different formats of entertainment. You yeah. Know? Uh, YouTube. That's huge. Yep. You know, millions of millions of people on YouTube, and and if you and if that's the way you want to you want to convey your art, then that's that's just as good as releasing a record or Agreed. touring. You know. But like uh, I was I was going through Lil B's Instagram while I'm like researching him, and uh, and I see like a lot of girls. Like he posted a lot of pictures of girls who like would send like pictures to him like i mm-hmm. love i love little b like written on their ass and stuff like yeah, that yeah. and like i got to thinking i was like these girls would be the same ones that would be going to shows but like in lieu of going to a show like they're participating by sending a photo to this guy yeah. like like the, and maybe they're not even listening to them. like that's their participation in the project at that right. point it's right. fucking crazy that's kind of crazy but it is like that's i feel like that's the next tip like and hopefully, like, that's why I feel like rock is way behind because, like, there's no, like, rock is still that straightforward format, you yeah. know, like, you record an album, you tour, and that's it. But, like, no one's really broken down that fourth wall, I guess you could call it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. Um, I think, uh, you know, people are are saying, um, 
like something like things like rock is on its deathbed mm. and and i kind of agree with that uh i don't think it's gonna die i don't know no one's gonna no one's gonna stop making rock music yeah but you need to like rock it's like in in a general scope rock has to um break out of its world for a bit you know what I, you know yeah and, i know exactly and what you mean so like so it, it's got to break out of its like centralized rock world and try something new like say oh maybe maybe these trap artists are doing something substantial because they are yes they totally are agreed um and and i'm and in in the groups that i produce and and, and am a part of um i try to have that kind of mantra or the message of of like don't don't just be in this rock realm mm. be be inclusive all be all inclusive to, to to any kind of art that comes through um uh any kind of music you know so and it, and it and it just goes back to like music that i listen to it doesn't like it's it used to be just rock mm-hmm. you know i used to be stuck in that bubble yeah um but i've grown a big appreciation to a lot of hip-hop um a lot of <clears throat> a lot of pop music r&b um which in the past definitely have not and and i think it's and i think as an artist as a musician i think it's important to be current with what's happening and have good judgment to what's good and how you can apply that to your own art yeah you know yes um so so it's less so it's it's not it's not so staying relevant it's it's more so um just uh, connecting with people in the best way you can, yeah. Like you were saying, yeah, yeah. And and it's funny that like as you say this because it's almost like the same um, journey I've gone through as a listener. Is I was like all about rock. Like I was a pop punk kid when I was younger, mm-hmm. and and like even uh, we were talking about Bright Eyes and like yeah. Saddle Creek. Like I feel like that's the people who are pushing. Not pushing the envelope, but just doing different shit. Like there was a lot of cool folk music back in the early two thousands that didn't sound like anything else. Like M Ward. Yeah. Like it was it was folk, but like it had like this alternative twist. Who the Arcade Fire very much like that. Like you know. Well, I I think it started with um this wave of it, like this wave that you're talking about, and Saddle Creek, and I'm forever a Saddle Creek. Yeah, man. Um, um, but I think it kind of started with, uh, Neutral Milk Hotel and the aeroplane over the sea, which Arcade Fire, what you just said, um, they signed to Merge Records, which is, uh, the band Superchunk, the, the Mm -hmm. guy who, the guy who fronts Superchunk, that's his record label. Um, they signed to Merge Records only because Neutral Milk Hotel was signed to that record label. And... And yeah, I mean, I don't know. The records speak for themselves. It's just, uh, it's, it's sheer honesty, you know. Yeah, and but that's what I was saying. Like you could hear that, like yeah. regardless of like if you were just an like a casual listener or like an engineer or just like an artist, like you listen to that and you're like, dude, there's something going on here. And that's mm-hmm. why there was like a groundswell around that for a while. Yeah, you know, and it even like kind of bled over into shittier emo bands and stuff like that. I just, mean, it'll always happen. Yeah, okay. but but it's like so everyone like sees what's cool and they just gravitate towards it. But now, like I in the past like five or ten years, I find myself very much listening to like there's an artist called party next door have you ever heard him no dude he's on he was on drake's label basically he's a really his name is cameron braithwaite i think it is Mm -hmm. but he's just an like i heard his music and i was like this is different 
Like it's trap, right? And like R and B, like I don't yeah. know if you heard Bryson Tiller. It's I've like heard of. I have. Yeah, I have. It's in like that vein where it's just like very like spacious. I I don't know exactly how to quantify it again, but like he to me sounded like a amazing producer and artist. And then I come to find out like he produced a bunch of Rihanna records afterwards. So it's like, and his sound is kind of what's led. I feel like this new trap movement. And so like it looks like from the outside like. Like I just kind of bailed on rock music, but I don't find like there's there's a few bands now, but there's not like a movement like that to almost latch onto. At oh, least I, yeah, I don't feel that way oh. as strongly as I did when I was younger. You know? Oh yeah, I very much agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's just that it's like to that in 2017, hip hop was bigger than pop. Yeah, you know, and and I'm not saying like the right moves are with what the public go with because I would. I would kind of go again. I would say opposite of that. I uh, I think movements come from grassroots DIY movements um, like these SoundCloud rappers. Yeah. Um, which which unfortunately for years they were not taken seriously, mm-hmm. and now have and now have kind of made it to the forefront. Um, <clears throat> and um, yeah, I don't. I'm kind of losing my train of thought. No, no, here, it's it's because it's like the the masses will catch up to what is cool sooner or later. Like yeah. what's cool starts being cool, but it's not I, I not that it's not validated, but it's like once everyone else recognizes it and it's validated, mm. it's almost like this moment where it all comes together and you're like that's the golden age or whatever the fuck this is. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I, and I mean people always discover records later down the line, you know, the records don't disappear. Yeah. And uh and and the the popularity of it increases with the more with the more derivatives that come from it with these artists. Totally. Um <clears throat> not to discredit any artist that is derivative of another style of music because everything's derivative. Yeah. Um but regarding rock music like you said, like you said you don't you're not abandoning rock music i i would not i would say i'm not abandoning rock music either because i'm performing rock music yeah um but but the yeah there i think there needs to be a kind of movement i think it kind of is is happening with a few artists okay uh car seat headrest is really good um uh he had uh will toledo he had a um record out in 2016 called teens of denial um, which and is what is great. it? Is it like uh, like a band? Is is he like a? Well, he started out with just him, and okay. he and he started on Bandcamp. Oh, nice! And um, and it was just all him, like making these records by himself, um, up until the point where he was signed. I don't know what record label he's signed to now, but yeah. but um, but he was signed, and now and now I think it is a full band. But but either way, it's it's just different enough. It is derivative of older kind of classic sounding rock music. However, it's his own kind of twist. To yeah. It, so and I know? mean, I could pull it up, obviously, but I like to just like when you're. So is it like it's not like Zeppelin or anything? No, it, no, no. Like, I wouldn't think so. Like uh, when you say classic, is it like uh, just just like the vibe of it? Yeah. You know, just guitars, bass, drums, kind of dirty sounding. Okay. You know? Like well, you know, it was an, a, another great movement that I miss. I think it was also in the early two thousand. Is like the Strokes. Um, the strokes are a revolution. Like all V bands, that, you know, like and there were a bunch of V bands, you know, like the White Stripes, you know, yeah. the Strokes, uh, like even like Franz Ferdinand was like thrown in there a little like, bit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. those types of bands that were a throwback to like the four piece or like kind of just like fucking straight up 
rock music, you know? I would say that the Strokes single-handedly kept rock music going. Yeah. Okay, you know? good. I'm glad that you think that because yeah. I love the Strokes. And I don't think that, like, again, they, they're huge. They're a mm -hmm. fucking huge band. But I mm -hmm. don't think, like, people go back. It's not like they got to, like, a Cardi B level. They kind of always mm -hmm. just existed in their own fucking realm, you know? Yeah. And, 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 you know, longevity in the, in the music business means to, to, to stay as humble as you can and to stay as honest as you can. You know, yeah. you're not, you're not going to achieve this huge, enormous, um, fame, you know, like as some of these artists have been getting, uh, recently, um, if you're gonna like, if you're gonna be honest, right? If you're yeah. gonna be perfectly honest with how you create the music, no, you're not gonna catch everyone instantly. Yeah, you know, and it's, it takes years to build up to it. But that's that's what I'm saying is the longevity of it. You know, whereas these whereas these other artists who are who are kind of making a gimmick out of it only kind of have like a few years to it. Yeah, you know, like and it's then, like a short, like bright flame opposed to one that just kind of flickers. Forever and it gets bigger and bigger and but, bigger. So, so here's what I have with rock music because, like, and this is the reason. Why, and I'm not sure when it's going to adjust, but like, someone like Bruce Springsteen was allowed to make like a few records that were just okay, mm -hmm. or like, like I'm a, I, I love some of his earlier stuff, Wild, Innocent, and the E Street Shuffle. Yeah, it's really good. Absolutely. Like, there's, there's not a, a lot of great songs on it, but like, it was a stepping stone to born to run which born is the yeah. fucking masterpiece right yeah and then even you know beyond that he he rose even higher but like i don't feel like bands or artists are getting the chance to go through that journey anymore like again that was over how many years for him like 10 or 20 years before he got to born to run or yeah like he's basically darkness. like he's basically like 31 32 right or yeah yeah i think like uh and i like darkness on the edge of town better than uh, born to run in some aspects you know um yeah production wise i think it sounds cooler um i think there was there was way too much focus on like perfection that's that's where i disagree with the way that bruce went about his record yeah as much as i as much as i enjoy the like those two born to run in darkness that like great records but um but yeah like like bruce springsteen took a long time and I and he and and you can you can love him you could hate him but he took a like t over 10 years of just playing music locally and then and then maybe maybe a little bit out towards New York um, in order to in order to just do this and then and then they and then he did the uh, the London show yeah right that and Hammer that's that's kind of that's what kind of nailed him down as this like international musician but but yeah i don't know it's it, um he had that longevity i think because of that because of the work that he put in beforehand yeah. he was allowed to get like a decade under his belt of being mm -hmm. a musician where and again i just don't think that people are afforded now i've had an experience in the music industry but mine was like very much in the pop vein so mm -hmm. i don't think like in that vein you're really allowed any any margin for error like you're either gonna hit or you're not right yeah and then they're not gonna wait for a couple records but i mean think of how many bands you would have lost if that was the case like um i even like i'm a big incubus fan like that's where like um, yeah. we, i like i have curveballs right like i think incubus is awesome and i love some of their records but make yourself dude make your but yeah i mean if you kind of followed incubus throughout the years like make yourself does not sound like incubus was you know they were like kind of like true this oh yeah like science you mean? yeah exactly yeah. and fungus among us and yeah stuff. like they were this weird psychedelic like pro like 
you know, kind of hippie band. And then all of a sudden they make this fucking like Mesa boogie fucking oh, yeah. metal album. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, I guess you. It's cool. Like I, and then they made like Crow Left and the Murder after that, which was like a little bit more alternative. They got Benny Hen on the bass. Like it changed. Started I, using a jazz master. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but I see, I love that. I love being able to like be like, oh, I love the white album phase of the Beatles or right. like, you know, I'm a Sgt. Yeah. Pepper guy. Like, I don't see bands or artists, like, having that anymore, you know? I, I don't right. I, I don't feel like they're allowed to. Um, and then I think it's hurting, and especially in rock, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, um, I think it's a struggle of um, a struggle of having the old music business still kind of alive. Yeah. And this new, this new about-to-be-thriving music business mindset of, of doing it yourself, yeah. um, which I subscribe to um trying to make it trying to break through which i think it will you know i think it will break through um you know it just it's it seems nice to to have a record label say like here's a lot of money and you can you can go make a record and then go tour places but if you don't make that money back, then we're forgetting about you. Yeah. You know, that's pressure, you know, yeah. and I don't think I don't think music should have that much pressure to it. Probably. Not. You know, and I'm fortunate enough that I've invested a, a lot of <clears throat> a lot of my money into creating a studio of my own. Awesome. And 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 also the experience of working in a commercial studio. Yeah. So so I, I, I in that way, I'm fortunate. But but you can make it work on your own. Yeah, you can. Like you have you have the. You have the platforms. You have SoundCloud. You have Bandcamp. Um, you have uh, DistroKid, which is this website that allows you to, to, to distribute your music through uh, Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play. You know, just a bunch of different things at the same time, and it's a very small price to pay. Like yeah. it's just a yearly subscription. You know, so so it's it's doable. Yeah. To to get yourself out there cuz cuz um I think we were talking before the podcast started um going back to like honesty yeah. in music and and how and how I think that will always be the um the staying power of of a musician and their repertoire um is is uh with the honesty in the production and the songs and your lyrics it's really ultimately the power of the song that's going to drive you forward and what's going to get people's attention um to which you can invest your time back into if you're if your production like so so say if you have a great song but your production is not too great yeah like and you know that you're just like well i'm just working with what i have but you've made a splash now and you invest that time and money back into getting better equipment for your for yourself or or maybe or maybe you know a producer that you can that you can connect with and work with them yeah um i think that's like a really good attitude to have yeah you know as as far as it goes as far as it goes with making music now you know, does that, does that make any sense? It, no, it does. I'm just, I've, I, I, I'm listening almost for myself a little bit because mm-hmm. I've, I've had this idea because I pay attention to what's happening in hip hop and like the mixtape is almost what I focused on to. Like the fact that these guys can release like 20 songs, like every couple months, 
and like it's like that content and i think that what comes with all that content is honesty because mm -hmm. you have less time to think about what you're doing yeah. and you just like get it down and so you mm -hmm. capture um a big thing that i love about music is being able to capture like a, a time and a place and mm -hmm. I feel like you can only do that if you're kind of striking while the iron's hot. So yeah. with my own music, like to your point, I've just been like, fuck it. Like, I know this is not going to be perfect, but I have like this little fucking keyboard down here. Mm -hmm. I have that piano behind you. Like I have, an, you know, I have a guitar and I have like a mic. So mm -hmm. I'm going to like, I'm going to make what I can do right now and just get the, the idea out instead of sitting on it and be like, oh, I've done a bunch of this pre-production and then bring it to fucking Rick Rubin yeah. and then hear what he has to say and then, you know, go through post-production and, like, give it to a mix. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, that's why I think your formula, it makes perfect sense to me. What I've struggled with, though, is that, like, with my music, like, with pop and rock, I haven't necessarily found success with that model, but there's a whole bunch of other variables. You know what I mean? You just got to keep... You got to keep going, you know, you just got to keep making and, and, and like, and, and I've learned over time with making with the mindset of like, it has to be good is, is I think it's kind of, it kind of works against you in that case because you then now you're paranoid, like, oh, what if it's not good? Like now, now you're trying to be a perfectionist about it. It's like, no, just let it go. Work with what you have right now with what you know and, and just spit it out. Yeah. You know? And I think it applies to pop music for sure. There's yeah. a lot of pop artists that 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 I listen to that that kind of do that thing. Who's um, who's a good one? Because I this is more for like case studies for me. Okay, you know what I mean. Um, Perfume Genius. Perfume Genius is a is is a pop artist. Um, I believe he does uh, at least for the most for most of his career he's done just about all this stuff in by himself. Cool. Yeah. And what is it? It's like. Uh, it's like full inst instrumental pop. He's not like just playing an acoustic guitar or something like that, right? It's full you, instrumental, yeah. That's awesome. It's, and 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 it's uh it's breathtaking. He has a he has a record out. I think um, I think it was Matador Records. Mm. Um, and it's a, the the record's called No Shape. Okay. One of the coolest records of 2017. Really? For sure, hands down. Perfume Genius, Perf No Shape. Perfume Genius. Boom. Yeah. Easy stuff. A little bit more. Um, not in the vein of of like literally taking notes like <laughs> not in the vein of like plasticky pop music not trying to dig on plasticky pop music because some of that can be good freaking freaking carly ray jepsen oh yeah call me maybe oh uh, yeah fucking no i mean uh emotion oh can i swear i'm sorry oh yeah you can uh, fuck us are you uh, fucking kidding me man yeah <laughs> I don't it's know. all good i don't know i don't i don't support censorship too much but no fuck that not, not that much at all actually um but anyway yeah i could i could jive i could jive with with uh with plasticky pop music if it sounds good and if it sounds like and if and if the intentions are right if it's wholesome you know yeah, yeah. wholesome in the fact that it's like i'm going to make this unabashedly like pop song yeah you know? yeah I, sure I'm, that's just what comes out sometimes yeah sometimes like you feel like hollow notes and you're like i'm just gonna do it why not know? yeah yeah i, I i'm I feel the same way. Again, I'm not. I I don't know if I've like that. That's always the the idea of how with my music. Like I haven't ever taken my time to like do an album ever since. Like so, I went through thing. We were talking about John Feldman too, right? Yeah. We got the. I was with this band who was very popular. Got a big budget, like hundred thousand dollars plus, to go out to L.A. and make the fucking record with John Feldman. Mm -hmm. And we spent four months doing it, right? And it was a great experience, like working 
on four months on 10 songs. But guess what happened? It fucking never lived up to the expectations mm -hmm. that were set for it. Mm -hmm. And there's really no way it could have unless like we created like a Bon Jovi record that had three hit singles off of it, yeah. you know? And so after that, I was like, this isn't the fucking way to do it. You know, and so I just started going gorilla after that. It was like every single song I recorded, I just throw it up wherever I could on SoundCloud or here or there. And it was just like, just have at it. And I've released like no, no fucking uh, exaggeration, like hundreds of songs. But mm -hmm. that's what I feel like the, the model is just like keep, just keep releasing shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Never hold it to yourself. Yeah, and I mean, like, put focus on on your brand as well, but like, not an extreme focus. Yeah, but like, yeah, keep, keep bringing the like, keep. Yeah, keep shoving songs out, and and um, you know, like you're saying, how you were like super excited when you produced with John Feldman, yeah. right? or I mean, made this record with John Feldman, um, and I I think I think you were fine to think that, you know, I think it's I think it's really hard. At that in this kind of in that kind of scenario, it's really hard to not have high expectations. Yeah. Um, which no 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 one can be blamed for that. Yeah. You know. But it's just and it's like ever since you're uh, there's this movie with Mark Wahlberg. I don't know what it is when he's like the there's this like really popular band. They're called like Dragon something, and he steps oh, in. It, yeah. Um, is it called Rockstar? Rockstar. Is that it? Is Rockstar? And like he goes to, he goes to the studio like mm -hmm. every. At least, dude, I'll probably girls too, but every dude, like, that's what you're looking for. You're looking to, like, get in a band and go into the studio for, like, fucking three months and just do your thing. Like, that's, like, the idea you have in your head. But I just think it's it's just become outdated 100%. Yeah. I, you know? I agree. I can't think of, like, a band that has done it where that's been worth it. Um you know, and there have been these epic stories, right, in the past about like Aerosmith or like Stone Temple Pilots, how like they used to just get fucked up and go into the studio and like, you know, like that shit was cool. But I, uh, maybe it's just anecdotal, but I haven't like, I, I don't think I've heard, like, there's not that same like uh, mythology around recording a record anymore. Like, even yeah. we mentioned rumors, right? Like, yeah. that's like fucking mythological, like how they made that. You know? Yeah, and I think and I think a lot of that comes from the fact that you weren't alive when it was made. Yeah, is that um, what it is? <laughs> <yeah. laughs> All right, um, that makes sense. It does. Because um, I have that, because we were just talking about, like, oh, I love White Album era Beatles. But you realize they were, like down each other's throats all the time really? and then paul mccartney would go and record freaking like eight songs by himself okay and then john would be like what the fuck we're a band yeah like, why would you why are you doing this however when they released that record it's just like oh my god it's amazing yeah it's so good i mean i love i i love it Me I, too. that's one I, of my favorite ones huge beatles fan um however not to tangent a little bit but uh because we're on beatles now. no that's what it's for man okay go cool, cool. Um, recently, and I, and I, and I've been a Beatles fan since I was like 11, 10 or 11 years old. And, and, um, I loved every single song I read, I read like every Wikipedia page about it. Um, and I knew like all the words to each song. And now, now, um, that I, I have a little more experience with just life and experience in the music industry, um, writing my own songs. Um, I feel like a lot of the early Beatles stuff is hard to swallow. Really? It's hard. Like yeah. when you say early, like Rubber Soul, 
like, before before that. Before that, like even? I think I think the cutting the the cutoff point is Rubber Soul going into Revolver because Revolver is a genius record. Yeah, I love Revolver too. Incredible. However, you go back to to the album Rubber Soul, and John Lennon, who who I idolized for years, wrote a freaking song called "Run for Your Life." Uh-huh. You know this song? I think I do. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But uh, you better keep your head, little girl, if you want to know where I am. You better run for your life if you can, little girl. Hide your head in the sand, little okay. girl. <laughs> and then I catch with another man. That's the end, little girl. Like, he's threatening to kill her. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's fucked up. It is fucked it's up. fucked up. Well, he's like, he's fucked up. Like, he, a he lot was, of shit has been coming out oh, about him. Oh, yeah, he was... A, he was a prick. He was a misogynist. He was like, a misogynist prick. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, maybe Yoko Ono helped him a little bit. Maybe. Oh, like kind of like uh, smooth the edges you're talking about? Yeah. Well, I mean, Yoko Ono seems seems like she, she uh, as, as, as out there as you think her art is, she seems, she seems like she has a good head on her shoulders, uh, um, uh, was aligning with aligning with the uh, with, with this kind of morality of the time yeah um like the hippie shit you're talking about <laughs> the yeah. hippie shit fucking dirty hippies <laughs> you're either a hippie or a yuppie yep um i'm a hippie yeah I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a huppy i'll get the... <laughs> <laughs> no there's no real labeling but anyway um yeah so uh before uh, john lennon was a prick and it kind of makes me sad because now that i go back and listen to earlier john lennon stuff from the beatles it's just like wow so that he's... so that ruins it for you like if you find out not uh, so ruins it but it like taints it i guess is taints a better... it yeah. you know what's funny this is gonna sound uh, this is a tangent too i was listening to billy corgan i think it was on rogan <laughs> and he yeah. mentioned how he's really into like fucking wrestling and I'm yeah talk- like and that ruined it for me like he's all he's always been into wrestling but see like i can't take him seriously anymore <laughs> like he's just like super uh you know he has this his character that's billy corgan from smashing pumpkins yeah and then like he like that conflicts with it a hundred percent. Oh, he's he's just got a lot of self interest, man. And, <laughs> Is that and he? Yeah, but but I mean, bef- but beyond like before that, well, that's that's why everyone left the freaking band. Yeah, he recorded in Siamese Dream. He re he re recorded all of James Eha's guitar parts. No shit. And then re recorded the bass parts too. So yeah, so he's just a he's just a control freak, I think. Um, but however, you said you you he you, he lost credibility because of how much he talks about wrestling. Yeah. And 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 it's just like it's you know it's fake, right? Yeah. I don't I don't mind people enter like getting entertainment from stuff like that. It's fine. Um, where he loses credibility for me is just being on shows like Infowars. He was on Infowars two times. Really? Yeah. See, I didn't know he was like that deep, but that that lines up with the wrestling thing. Yeah. Kind like that's of. on that side. Of, no, it totally is. I bet yeah. you if you did like a correlation analysis between people who listen to Infowars and watch wrestling, <laughs> there would be a high p value to that Probably. shit. You know what I mean? But I like then it's like right. the smashing pump. Like you have one of the greatest rock bands in history. And like you're ruining it, like for everyone else. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. That is true. Well, I guess he could do whatever the fuck he wants, but that's just uh, I don't know. It is funny, like when you think about, like I'm a I'm a big fan of uh, is it Nick Drake? Yeah, I love Nick Drake. Nick Drake, like, and his again, his mythology and like the person who he is, like it's perfect. Like wound up, it sounds terrible, but like wound up killing himself. Like then you go back and you listen to records like fuck these records are awesome. Yeah, like, well it's it's the same mystique around Elliot Smith. Yeah, yeah, dude, um, totally. 
you know nick drake yeah i have pink moon on cd and it's it's great on yeah, yeah I, I, great record um i think i think as again as lo-fi as, as it is very ahead of its time totally very ahead of its time and um and then you and then cut to 30 years later and you have elliot smith um doing just about the same thing yeah. recording recording in his basement and then and then making these records that don't sound perfect however the songs are just so breathtaking and beautiful and the way he performs it is just like it's it immortalizes him yeah um yet he was this troubled person that a lot of people kind of romanticize yeah. and and it's just like don't you should not romanticize how troubled someone was I, like like romantic like like just think about the art that they made and and try to separate them from try to separate the artist from the art um not fully i don't think but but romanticizing how they you know it's like oh they killed themselves because they were such a troubled person mm -hmm. is like it's not a good way of thinking about it's terrible but yeah. i i don't think that i think it just shows you how important the character who was presenting the music is to the actual music yeah you know like yeah. again uh brad back to springsteen he really like he was very popular with born to run and mm -hmm. even albums after that but when he became an american icon was with born in the usa with the fucking hanky in the back of his pocket yeah you yeah. know like when he like you're like okay that's the bruce springsteen character now yeah. the working man with the bandana that's you his know, brand yeah that's it but yeah. i i think that it's really easy to say and it's on every level like whether it be like you're kind of like a listener, like you're a very educated music listener. I think it seeps into all of us, like no matter how much we don't want it to. Like you're like Amy Winehouse. It's like, like how much, not that her music means more. I don't want to be that guy, but it's just yeah. like, there's so much more credibility to that, like to Nirvana. Like, yeah. you like, you, it's almost like these people sacrifice themselves for their art. And I hate to, maybe it's just like because I also make music. But like to me, it just feels so much more real than it would be. There was like I think it was on Family Guy. Like what would happen if Kurt Cobain like kept going and yeah. like he like wrote like a pop record and like got mm -hmm. the Grammys and shit like or whatever the fuck it is. Like, I don't think that would happen though. Well, honestly. I know, but like they like painted that scenario yeah. and then you're like, it feels yeah, gross. It feels kind of gross. It does. It's, you're it, kind of you're you're. The, it's a dead body. This person doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I know. It's uh, a. Yeah. So yeah, and I, I I think I definitely agree with what you're talking about here, um, with especially Kurt Cobain. Like he's the number one. Yeah. The number one per like artist who killed themselves, and and now that he's dead, he's forever like this mysterious figure, uh, and and people f like fawn over that and 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 be like oh, I want to be be just like Kurt Cobain. I want to be just like Kurt Cobain, but not in the point of killing myself, but but in the point of making really cool music. That's a very <laughs> level-headed way to, and that's how you can tell. Like, yeah, you're definitely not. You're not like a a crazy motherfucker artist. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. You definitely have some sense in there, but uh, because there are like, uh, there was this recently, um, and like a event like this, there was a rapper, and mm -hmm. I forgot what his name was. It was like. Lil, he was a white kid from Los Angeles, from Skid Row. I'm gonna have to look him up, but he he overdosed on pills. Yeah, it's um Lil Peep. Lil Peep. I yeah. knew it was Lil something, right? Yeah, Lil Peep. And like that, just again, it, it creates now this kind of like 
I don't know what you want to call it, this like ambiance around his music, like this kind of story to go along with, like, because his music was really dark too, right? Like, sure. Yeah. You know, and like, it's like, oh, oh, well, that's real now. Like, you know, I don't, I don't feel like, I feel like, I feel like if he spent, if he was able to spend more years on it, it could have gotten deeper and better. And, yeah. And, uh, and, um, you know, could have been really exciting to see where he was going to take it. It's really, and, and it's super unfortunate that, that he, that, he did succumb to that to fentanyl. It's, it was, was it fentanyl? It was a fentanyl. Fen -fen. Yeah, it's fucked up. Fentanyl overdose, and 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 it's just a. It kind of it was kind of a wake up call to that scene of of just promoting these drugs in their music, you know. And it and it and and it's not like I'm super bothered by that, but like, look, you have a casualty now. Yeah, you know. But 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 back to like thinking like. The mystifying of of the fact that he's dead now is like, oh, what what could have been? Yeah, you know. I don't. Give, give me one second. I gotta see who the fuck that is. One All second. Right. That this is real. We leave the mistakes in. <laughs> I don't know who that could be. The doorbell rang. The zombies. Uh, this will be our year. I think Elliot Smith did a fucking cover of "This Will Be Our Year." One and uh, they have "Is the Time of the Season." Okay, That's yeah. That's a really good record. Like okay. uh, I, I don't know after that if they did anything great. It's called Odyssey and Oracle. It's from the '60s. It's fucking great. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just now I'm thinking because I you seem like me a lot. I study music. I don't like mm -hmm. just get into the Beach Boys. Like I got into the Beach Boys and then like read. Uh, like a biography on Brian Wilson and like every record and how it took them however long to make Smiley smile and I go and like find all like the weird tracks uh -huh. like uh, have you ever dive, dove into that how we wanted to make like different elements for, yeah. yeah like the water part and like the fire part that shit's crazy well I actually didn't know about that that's actually yeah man that's they, actually really crazy dude yeah. I I mean I've pieced it together through MP3s and stuff and like yeah there's like this whole kind of movement because he was really into Gershwin. So like okay. his music was reminiscent of that, especially when he was able to do whatever the fuck he wanted to do. And so he started to make movements and he was going to do like the water movement and then the fire movement. I think where he got thrown off, he was just doing way too many drugs. So he could never like get a coherent sentence out. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, that's uh, unfortunately what happens to a lot of great artists. Yeah. You know? Not that I'm not that I'm saying like don't ever take drugs. I think <laughs> I think if you're gonna take drugs, you should definitely be responsible and aware of what it can do to you. Yeah, or just smoke and, marijuana, or just <laughs> like it's really easy, guys. Like you don't. Yeah, I I, I hate to be, <laughs> but I, it's all bullshit, man. It's so I, I can't no. even get into it too much. But like you're right. No, you're it's right. It's just crazy. It's a yeah. mirror. It's a miracle drug. It's like it's never really hurt anyone. Anyone who says. Anyone who comes at me with like, well, what about people driving on marijuana? I'm like, you are so oh, fucking come ignorant. On. You've obviously never smoked in your life. Yeah. Like, uh, so, yeah. I mean, I mean, like you are coherent when you smoke marijuana. You have control over yourself. You have a central judgment. You can obviously get too high and then be like, oh, I'm just going to lay down here and then fall asleep and <laughs> yeah. then that's it and then that's it you fall asleep or then you get up or eat something yeah you don't beat your wife 
You no, know, you don't of fucking, course not. you don't, you don't get ultra violent. Like, and, and I think like, uh, I wish that I was more like scientific on this. I don't think people, you can even overdose if you wanted to. You'd have to smoke like way more than your actual weight. Yeah. Like you, which is physically impossible. It's with this fucking edible stuff that people get in trouble, right? Well, I, yeah, because I have friends who, who take edibles. Edibles have never, like based on experience, it's never worked for me. It's never, never worked for you? Never once. Are has, you serious? Has an edible worked for me? And I don't and I don't know if I blame myself or 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 the person who gave it to have me. Have you been overly cautious? Are you like, I'm just gonna eat an ear of this gummy bear? I'm not gonna do the whole thing. No, yes and no. Yes, you see it. Yeah, okay. See? Yes and no. Just, like like <laughs> you're given a brownie, I'd ta- I'd take half the brownie. No, just go for it. Yeah, like if, if yeah, it yeah. never worked on you, just do it. It'll no, fucking but I but out. I was but I was just saying like people are getting in trouble with the edible stuff yeah. because it's a longer lasting high, definitely. Some people, some people can be high into the next day. Yeah, um, and can make you throw up, can make you feel really sick. And what? it's different. It's a different mechanism of delivery of the mm-hmm. drug, like uh, digesting it versus like inhaling. You yeah. know, it's just like. And again, I'm sorry, I don't know like the fucking pathways of the body, but I know that it's different. And the way that it's broken down by like your enzymes and shit, it's a little bit more. You know, and and the dosage like that are in these fucking edibles, it's like, mm-hmm. it's just crazy, man. Like, you're yeah. talking, it would be impossible to smoke your body weight right? before you just pass the fuck out, right? you know? Yeah. But it's possible to just, like, swallow a whole bag of, like, you know, marijuana, macaroni, and cheese. Like, that's where it's different, you that's know? That's true. I think that's what the difference is, at least. Possibly, but you'd still not overdose. you just feel sick. Yeah, you know? like, you wouldn't... Yeah, I know. You wouldn't have yeah. to go get your stomach pumped to get the, the weed out of yeah. your system. Like Fen-Fen, which like that much can take down a killer whale. It's right. like something weird like that. Right. Like you could kill a fucking whale with fentanyl. Was gonna, yeah, I was going to get to that point. <laughs> the point is it, you, no one can really stop you from what you want to do. Yeah. No one – like truly – no one could stop you, and unless you're just arrested and you're doing some stupid reckless shit. But um, but if you're if you're gonna do drugs, you know, um, some people might disagree. Um, stick with <laughs> stick with marijuana, um, magic mushrooms if you want. That's A little bit of alcohol in moderation. Just but just I I just don't agree with. The whole heroin thing or or even cocaine. I'm just not I just can't even it's pretty like it's pretty simple if you really think about it. It's like fucking you do stuff that's grown in the ground, mm-hmm. right? That the earth gave us and not what fucking humans are creating. That's, what I, that's really what the, easy, man. My friend's dad says that all the time too. That's but it's funny. easy. And like honestly, when it comes to mushrooms, every single motherfucker it, that should be a requirement, like how the Native Americans did it. You mm-hmm. had to go on like your rites of passage, spirit quest, whatever the fuck it yeah. was. Exactly. <laughs> or you, like you take that. a bunch of peyote buttons, you go yeah. out into the desert, and you find mescalito in the clouds, and you have a conversation with them. You come out with a spirit animal, which is cool as shit, and you know what you're doing with yourself. You know, it just takes you out of the every, which I feel like a lot of people is, is the reason why they're a little bit sad or lonely or confused is because you're so in the trenches of your life. Mm-hmm. You need something to take you, pick you up and be like, none of this means anything, you know? Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I agree with that. Um, you know, I've done my psychic, like my big psychedelic, for me, my big psychedelic experience of like, just a like 
two tabs of LSD. Yeah. And I thought I was just like, I had like no grip of reality. However, I look back fondly on that time. Yeah. I, I really do. Um, I do recommend for people who are interested in possibly possibly trying it to try it um, with the awareness that it could send you to a dark place. Yeah. Um, you're not going to die. Yeah. Um, but um, I feel like you can even regulate that. Like my, so like microdosing. Dude, that's so funny you say that. My yeah. buddy who works out in Africa, he swears by microdosing. Yeah. Like, he just like, he takes like a little bit and he does it on a fucking daily basis. Daily. Sure, yeah. Like, and he's like, nah, man, it's great. It's it's changed my life. Well, it's because you're, you're absolutely coherent. You're not, it's not like you're tripping or anything. I know. Yeah. You... I know, but try to explain that. I don't know how cool your parents are, but like, <laughs> like some people's parents are a lot cooler than others. My, like, it, what, try to explain Wait. to like, you know, fucking, what's his name? Uh, who's the little elf that's our attorney general right now? Um, Jeff Sessions. Yeah. Try explaining microdosing to Jeff Sessions. So to Jeff, to Jeff Sessions. <laughs> I mean, my parents, my parents are really lenient with, with my lifestyle however do not condone stuff like that yeah uh fine perfectly okay yeah but to jeff sessions um microdosing on something like <laughs> like uh like uh magic mushrooms which are just naturally grown yeah or lsd which which um is made in a lab carefully mm. uh, maybe hopefully uh, um i don't know and that's where I don't know. But anyway, um, microdosing is taking a very small portion of the drug, such as LSD. So, so maybe a quarter to an eighth of a tab of LSD, and you go about your day. Yeah. And it's and the 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 symptoms include include a overall mood boost. Okay. And you and and kind of um, less pain, like less physical pain. All right. And it lasts for I don't know maybe a good like eight hours. Damn. However, you're not you like like I'm saying you're not you're not in this different world. You're not seeing dragons and shit. No, no. I mean it, it's that's for people who want to like go crazy with it and like I'm like sure maybe have that one experience of going crazy with it. But microdosing really I like you were saying with your friend is really beneficial for some people in their lives um, to just get through the day. So he has all the people in his office doing it, and then his, he runs a fucking factory, yeah. and he's turned everyone onto it. And he's like, it, everyone's happier, more productive. Yeah, it's like the best thing in the world. Like, um, now I mean, the mood boost is is purely because you took the substance, mm. and when and when it passes through your system, your mood will drop. Yeah. Um. So it's not saying that it's it's not saying that it's going to cure your cure you forever hmm. and it's not and and you shouldn't use it as a placeholder for dealing with your depression yeah um however if you're just trying to if you're just trying to get through a tough day sure why not you know i think i mean again it's it's just such a double standard out there where like you can get through your day with the Xanax and you can fucking pop those and it's no big yeah. deal but like yeah. but and that shit is maniacal it's I'm scary you, dude i've seen my friends so i grew up in florida and you know like you've heard like the whole thing about the hydrocoding highway in florida like there were for a time like there was no rules it was like the mm -hmm. fucking wild west with those pills and shit yeah. and there was just doctors double triple prescribing people mm -hmm. like the type of shit that's happening in that west virginia town where there's more pills than people like yes, a thousand I saw, to one i, I saw about yeah that. but yeah. like so that's totally cool right mm -hmm. no deal to like just give xanax to everyone but you know something like 
like people can get still get arrested for marijuana, which is just the craziest shit. Cra- it's it's weird. Stone Age shit, man. It's weird. It's stone. It is fucking weird. And yeah. and uh, and it's just so transparently. And I forgive me because we're gonna start getting into Alex Jones territory. <laughs> okay, but it's okay. It's totally because it works. It's a cure all. It's cheap. Mm-hmm. And the people who are making money do not want you to have access to that. Access right. to something that you could grow in your fucking backyard instead of going to their doctors. And there's too much money in that healthcare system that's pre- prescribing people pills and jacking them up with a bunch of shit. If you actually said, just go smoke a joint, everything's going to be cool. Like, that's it. Everyone's mm-hmm. out of a fucking job at that point. And that's the only reason why all of these laws and the whole system exists. And it's so transparent to someone like me, maybe not to someone like Jeff, you know, but... I, I don't know. I, I just can see it so clearly that that's the reason why things are illegal or or stigmatized, you know? Well, okay. So like so like big money, which is the government right now, um, it doesn't necessarily care about your well-being. Not at all. They don't at all. Um, so if things kill you, it doesn't really matter. You know, like you have, you have this rhetoric of like the opioid crisis. We got to stop the opioid. They're not trying to stop the opioid crisis. Not at all. It's making them a lot of money. Fuck yeah, it is. So it's just all backwards. Um, I feel like there are, I feel like there are politicians though in Congress, um, who are, who are trying to fight the good fight and of against big pharma, you know? You know, and I'm not very well, um, I'm not very well read on, on big pharma as a whole, mm-hmm. but I just have the scope and the, and just the common sense to think, to think like, well, these pills like control people, like they, people, people's lives revolve around taking these pills. Yeah. And if they don't take these pills, some adverse effects could happen. But if they do take these pills, other adverse effects will happen and they're stuck and they think there's no other option, uh, and but but on the other on the other side of the on the other side of it, marijuana has been demonized and villainized for since the 40s. Yeah, in the United States and now the whole world, almost the whole world. Um, so weird because in it because they they realize it works. Fuck, it if, does. If yeah, we let these people know that this is gonna cure everything, like yeah. cancer and all that shit. We're fucked. Then, then, then they just put the roots in, man, and it's it's so yeah. funny because anytime I go on my conspiracies, like my one friend's like, "Well, how many people need to be in on this for this to be true?" It's like it, it doesn't need to be that. Yeah. You just need the king and the prince to start mm-hmm. peddling this shit, and over time, like that's how powdered wigs started. Did you know this? That uh, back in the day, you know the powdered wigs I'm yeah. talking about, yes. like George Washington and all of those course. motherfuckers yeah. wore them. The, you know that started because a bunch of rich royalty suspects had syphilis. And so they were losing their hair. Wow. They were getting scabs on, which is, you know, side effect of syphilis. Okay. Right? And yeah. so they're like, we're going to start wearing these powdered wigs. And guess what? Everyone else started wearing the goddamn powdered wigs because the king was. And then, wow. and that's where big wigs came from. That saying is because big the person wig, yeah. with the biggest wig was like, had more money and was richer. But that's how that shit starts. All you need <laughs> is someone in power to say like, this is bad, right? Eating yeah. pixie sticks is bad. And if you do that over a century, yeah. right, then people are going to demonize pixie sticks. But it's just yeah. so, it's so fucked up. It's fucked uh, up. Oh, yeah. And it's even yeah. more fucked up now that places like California, Colorado, like they've proven that it's it's all good. And you still mm-hmm. have people being locked up. Like, and I can't even go into that. 
if someone's in jail for that shit, that just makes me so upset. Yeah. Well, big por- uh, majority of it is, uh, well, I mean, the beginning of the illegalization is based on a racist rhetoric. Yes. Pure, uh, purely racist rhetoric. 100%. Yeah. Um, white people who who were just not in touch with other other people of other of different cultures um they see this politician on like they see this this guy who's lobbying for for the illegalization of marijuana because because these mexican people take it and they're and they're raping people yeah which is crazy i'm doing air quotes and so sorry for the podcast but the raping was with the air quotes yeah it's just it's insane so people got scared because because all oh, Mexicans smoke marijuana then then we shouldn't smoke marijuana or it's just another reason to like if you pull over like some like you know a black guy or something and yeah. you, oh I smell something you know get out of the car it just yeah. gives them another tool to fucking just run people down and mm-hmm. you know in New Jersey as progressive as it is and I don't know if it's just because where we live in New Jersey, but they're still very. I feel like I live oh, in a military state. I live in police. State. I live in Jackson, New Jersey. Yeah, it's 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 backwardsville. It's there. a police state. This whole state is a police state. Still, yeah. I can't believe that it's it's democratic in the fact that they're like there's a lot of social welfare programs. I feel mm-hmm. like and mm-hmm. like the at least at the top they give a lot of lip service to it, mm-hmm. but on the ground floor with like local law enforcement and shit like that, it is very much like. You can't sniff your ass the wrong way without getting in trouble, which is right. I, I just I, I hate that. I fucking can't stand it. No, I hate it too. Uh, being a control freak myself and just yeah. kind of like punk rock in general. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I hate it, man. I I, it. I absolutely agree. Um, I will I I will hold on to the 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 privilege that I can hold that I could have as a white male mm. um that i can get that that, that like for, for both of us mm. can probably get away with a lot more shit than than a peer who is who is black or hispanic yeah and it's just really sad because because you really talk to people and it's just like we're just all the same people 100 like, and like what like what's the what's the big deal here it's and it's I haven't really been um, aware of that quote unquote privilege. Like I just talked to now again, I think that that can be taken to a degree and like a level where that's it's a little bit ridiculous. Like on sure. some of these college campuses and stuff, it's yeah, it's played out a little bit well, too I, much. Anything could could go to a ridiculous 100%, level. Hundred percent, like using yeah. it for good versus evil. But yeah. you, you're right, man. Like I've gotten in trouble before or stopped by the cops and like I get a slap on the wrist, like. Mm-hmm. And I know, I was like, dude, if I was a different person in this situation, this could alter my life significantly forever. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny because, like, you really, uh, I don't know, you feel helpless in that time. Like, I feel helpless when I'm in those situations. And I can only imagine, like, how much more helpless I would feel like if I had the the deck stacked even much that much more against me. Because yeah. I already feel like it's stacked against me and then like something on top of that. So I can I've started to really empathize with you know people in that position and where I think a lot of people poo-poo like white privilege like it does exist especially like when you're talking about dealing with the oh, cops. Oh, absolutely exists. You know. You like, know, I'm and and I'm not saying cops are racist because that's no. totally not the case. It's just that you you could you only need a few bad eggs to ruin the entire batch. Or it's just 
if again, like if since the day, since the dawn of time, like there's been like the certain people have been painted this way when you're in a life or death situation where like, you're not sure, like that comes into play a hundred percent. Right. And people don't even mean to make those decisions. Mm -hmm. Like we were talking about even with, uh, you know, dead musicians, like, yeah that's like on a level where you don't fucking know what's really going on in your own head. Mm -hmm. You know, you just like, and it's like that dude, if, if it comes down to life or death, you go back to reptile brain, like what your mom baked in your head when you were fucking little doughy piece of shit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's, it, depending on where you've grown up and we've all kind of grown your biases just take hold of you oh and steer, yeah you know can't help it yeah you can't help it yeah reptile brain that's what i call it man sure it's yeah. fucking you resort to like the lowest common denominator mm -hmm. of your genes and it's great we we went off on a crazy ass tangent but uh, yeah no was, but, that was cool though no it is cool. <laughs> what i wanted to ask you though back to because i think music is is we what we have in common is, is a little bit more interesting to most people but you know, you're in all these different projects. Is there like, the first thing I want to ask you is there's something, is one of them that you prefer? Do you like being a performer over being a producer? Like, do you like playing guitar or, or is it kind of all the same for you, but just like a different mouthpiece almost? That's, I, I would say that. I would say that what you the just ladder. said. Yeah. The ladder of that is, is, is basically what it is. Now my, my, um, my biggest passion I would say is producing I definitely don't have a preference to which band I play in because some. Cause I would never ask. You see how I didn't? Ask, I said instrument and because no, not, no, I'm uh, not. I'm not saying that you said that. No, I know. I'm I, saying I'm not. I'm just saying I'm not saying I'm just saying that I love all the bands that I play in equally because it's a different out. It's a different outlet, um, under kind of the same roof. Are they all? Do they all sound different? Um, I mean, they're all produced down in my recording space, my my studio. What's but... it? Do you have a name for your studio too? Um, okay, no, you, not, not quite. Okay, not quite. It's a. It's it. I mean, we we kind of go off of the name Cool Man okay. Productions, which is on it's uh, on Instagram, Cool Man Music Pro. But uh, I would more so. I would rather plug uh, the the band's Instagram accounts or um, yeah, because Instagram is basically where it, that's where, it where that's what i use is, it's the billboards yeah you know um uh but but before i do that i wanted to say with with regarding performing pref preferably i would produce records all the time yeah and that's it yeah um i love performing that being said i love performing i love doing different things to the same exact song from show to show to show um, and and I think, yeah, I think each band is a different sound, all under the same kind of roof, the same kind of sound, obviously, because the production lies to me, it's going to sound similar, you know? Yeah. However, you have, like, you, you have your filter. You yeah. know, I always thought like with Rick Rubin, he's like red hot chili peppers go to him. He has the Rick Rubin filter. Like you mm -hmm. can't help but develop that over time. Right, you know, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, and producers definitely have that. Like, yeah. that's why I say like Steve Albini is is a big influence of mine. Mike Mogus, who who uh, or Mogus, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, uh, produced Bright Eyes. Yeah, and that's... Uh, and cursive and dude, Kurt with the fucking cello, right? The girl, yeah, ugly organ, yeah, dude, Greta, ugly organ, yeah. That's the one I do. Every like, there was like three kids in my high school who got that tattoo on them when that shit came out. Like, so. We were ground zero. Deja came out when I was in high school. Yeah. Deja and Tandu. Mm -hmm. Like all that shit was. I, I, 
I digress, but yeah, yeah, but um, no, for sure, and and um, there is yes, there is a filter for sure. There's a there's a uh, a watermark. There's a there, a signature sound, and and I think you know as much as I'm just 25 and still working towards it, I'm, I'm slowly getting to that sound that I would say is a signature. And with the three projects that I'm working on, plus other projects that I'm not part of the band that I that I produce, yeah, because there's a few other things too. Um, I've realized that it's all kind of going under that same thing, you yeah. know, the same kind of that same kind of uh, vibe to it. As like, even if it's different different drums, if it's di- if it's like the if, if the instrumentation is just slightly different, now different musicians, it's still kind of like this homey vibe. Yeah. I don't know how to really properly describe it. Um, I like to just let the music speak for myself, speak speak for me instead of me trying to talk about it. Um, so, um, yeah. Uh, Acqui underscore NJ mm-hmm. is, is for my band Acqui. Yep. A-C-Q-U-I. Um, Elephant Band, E-L-L-E-F-A-N-T Band. I don't know if it's a fit uh, with official, but if you search that yeah. on Instagram, you'll find that. And then Yellowbird Folk is uh, the Instagram for Yellowbird. Um, currently, we are on everything. We're on Apple Music, Sound, uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Bandcamp, um, and I think the Instagram pages have our Bandcamp pages up. And you're doing that all through that Distro Kid. Distro, yes. Uh, well, Bandcamp and SoundCloud are separate. Yeah. But but um but yeah, for Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, uh, Apple Music is Distro Kid. But and that's the yeah. second thing that I was just gonna you know at least uh, settle this off with is that you know so I've told my story in some of the episodes on this podcast. I think that it's really cool to just give people who are musicians like that belief that you could do it. Right. So we talked about like you talked about how easy it is like to get set up and just fucking do it. Go to DistroKid, get your stuff out. Like, mm-hmm. is that the formula? Like, what would you say? Like, if I'm just like some kid on the street and like, I have all these ideas. I don't know what to do. I feel like I have to go buy all this shit and do stuff. Like, how do like, what should I do? I, I don't know what to do. Well, I don't know if there is a formula yeah. per se, because everyone produces differently. Yeah, of course, because there's different styles of music. Um, If you're... um. So if you're if you're a kid on on the street asking for advice, yeah, um, I would say um, work with what you have, like if you even if it's just GarageBand and a little box, or like my iPhone, or like, your iPhone yeah. for now, yeah, and then and then work towards it. Makes make songs. They might be shitty. They might not be shitty. Yeah, but. You make more, it'll get less shitty. You make more, it'll get even less shitty. Yeah. You know? And, and, um, and, and yeah, I don't know. Just keep creating. Keep, like, play shows if you want as often as you can. That, that, um, like, the, the phenomenon of word of mouth is huge. Yeah. It is, that is, like, the way. Especially with music. Yes. More than any other business. Yeah. Word of mouth. Yes. Is is some either someone listens to a record on SoundCloud, Bandcamp, wherever, and says to their friends, Wow, you gotta listen to this. This is great. Or they go to, they go see a show and and they and you see the artists up there doing their thing and you're like, Wow, that's amazing. Now I gotta go check them out. You know, social media only goes only goes a, a only goes a certain amount. 
and it's kind of like a, a tool that you can use. However, relying on social media is definitely not the way to go. I yeah. Think. And you know what? That's funny that you say that because now I feel like, like I'm just having a lot of realizations in this room. Like I, I've been under the, like, if you build it, they will come type mm -hmm. of belief. Like, oh dude, if I put out my fucking awesome songs, which they're obviously all awesome if I'm putting them down on record, mm -hmm. right? Then, you know, then, you know, someone's just going to discover me on YouTube and it's all over. But yeah. like, I, I think that you have, you make a great point. And I think you have a lot of perspective on that as well, because like the Asbury Park scene, it definitely is, is something. Like sure. I've been around long enough to realize that there's some type of like, uh, congression there yeah. where like it feeds off of each other like there's there's a lot of artists play there's a lot of places to play mm -hmm. i know that lake house is kind of in the nucleus of it uh, yeah um, i'm i'm inside the nucleus right? like, almost every day yeah so like <laughs> I, I you know it's it sucks because some kid out in like the farms of cincinnati like it's going to be a little bit harder like I, I do think what sometimes we take for granted like that's something like asbury park is there and I think that's something I've overlooked for a long time. And I'm I'm really trying to start leveraging that more. But like, because it takes a movement. Like people don't mm -hmm. want to just come watch you play in your basement. Like it's when they be can- like a conglomerate. Yeah, when they can yeah. come watch Elephant and Deal yeah. Casino and mm -hmm. Colton Kaiser all play. Then yeah. it's like, and like these dudes are all friends and they kind of know yeah. each other and they work on each other's records and mm -hmm. they all are- focused around lake house you know like when there's that like story and that connection i feel like it makes so much like saddle creek yeah right like when you can go see bright eyes and m ward and like cursive you're mm -hmm. like oh fuck i love all these guys they're on the same label yeah they all like each other like there it makes it something more than just one dude doing something in his room or basement you yeah. know what i mean so I, exactly. I think there's a huge like i don't want to say like the asbury park effect called the lake house effect whatever but like there is something like that locally here you know sure for asbury park yeah but you have other places like new brunswick oh really that, that, oh yeah definitely montclair that they're that that um that are doing a similar thing philadelphia Fuck oh my yeah. god million bands come out of there um didn't even think of you know I, the, like the i don't know is the trocadero still when i was I think so touring the Troc, the theater of the living arts was big mm -hmm. the electric factory was just too big you know but that's yeah. funny that you mentioned that yeah that's yeah and it's and, and like and yeah i think i think um banding together with other artists that are trying to do the same thing is only a good idea um it uh, it's just it'll just help growth for yourself it'll help influence it'll help um it'll it'll help people go to shows because there's one band that they're going to see but they're going to see three other great bands as well yeah you know so yeah no i i i i think that's the way to to push forward with your music. Um, stay as humble as possible. I I try I try my best, and no and no, everyone and no one can and no one can really help um, their own ego. Kind of you can be aware of it, but I try to I try to fight um, ego egotism in even the local music scene. I try to I try to I try to go against that. That's why that's why this whole sheer honesty thing um is what I try to preach as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, because it it will will resonate with people. Totally. Yeah. They they won't be able to to put their finger on it. Mm -hmm. But like they say it's like the X factor. Like oh that guy has the X factor. Mm -hmm. Not like the best fucking singer or songwriter or musician, but you're like it just comes from a place of sincerity you mm -hmm. know 
Like, and, mm-hmm. and so I, I think that's what you're speaking to. At sure. least that's how I kind of translated my own mind. No, that's, that's, that's about right. Yeah. And, and, and wholesomeness. Don't, don't like, don't hurt people. Don't want to, don't condone violence in your music. Cause why are you, why are you going to do that? <laughs> um, that is stupid. I yeah. don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, that's, no. that's a personal thing. No, but, but... <laughs> I agree with you. No, uh, yeah. Like you don't just be good people, right? Yeah. yeah. Just be, just be a good person. Um, don't get, don't get too far into your head. Just stay like, remember what Kendrick says. What does Kendrick say? Sit down, be humble. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to end it there because that's beautiful. Thank you, Evan. Yeah, I appreciate no, it, man. No problem, dude. Good time. Thanks, thanks for having me. Hey, dude. anytime. We're, right. we're going to talk more. And talk more we did. I liked that conversation so much and appreciated Evan's approach to music so much that uh, I'm really trying to convince him to work with me on some of my own stuff. So hopefully that comes to fruition in the future. But until then, Evan, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Hopefully it does not ruin your reputation. I, uh, You should all go listen to his various bands, right? You had Elephant, Yellowbird, and Aqui. They're all on social media, Instagram, be cool and go check it out soundcloud.com slash conversation underscore peace is where you can find the podcast we are also on the apple podcast app working on being distributed to various other channels in the future as well next week i have ella ross who is a local musician she's friggin awesome i think her story is really inspiring if you are like an up-and-coming musician trying to figure out what to do Uh, she has a really great blueprint for it and she's just done so much um in a small amount of time Uh, so i'm a big fan of hers and and her story in general but yeah after that i don't think that we have many more music related podcasts which is kind of sad but i have some what i think is interesting stuff coming up i won't talk too much about it i'm pretty much just filling in time until the drop comes you know how it works until next time see ya